Hey, what really works, listeners? Before this episode starts, we just want to provide a bit of a content warning. This episode, we're going to be talking about supportive and some less supportive relationships and what might be included in those maybe less supportive relationships. During this discussion, we do talk about things like toxic relationships and abusive relationship and what might be involved with those abusive relationships, including things like gaslighting and love bombing. So we just wanted to provide a bit of a content warning so that you can choose to listen or not listen or do whatever works best to support yourself through this episode. Thanks. Hello everyone. Welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association, Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, What Really Works listeners. Hi, Becky. How's it going? It's going good. It's been a while. I know. It's been so long. I've missed you terribly. How was your trip back home? It was it was good. It was nice. It's been a long time since I've been back to the UK. It's been like two years, so it was well overdue. So yeah, it was nice. Oh, that's lovely. Um, your most favorite thing from the trip, tell me and the What Really Works listeners. We are dying to know. Maybe I had like a little tourist day in my hometown. My hometown, York, has a lot of old, old, old stuff. Um, so like I spent a full day just like walking around like the city walls going to like see the minster all that kind of stuff oh that sounds lovely I never really appreciated it when I lived in York but then when I go back and I'm like oh look there's Roman walls isn't that cool that is super sick when I go back to Aurora Colorado I'm kind of like ah the 7-Eleven ah the (laughs) the gas station down the street is so nice (laughs) there's some nice mountains there too but no it's not really my hometown that's more by the mountains so anyway um today what really works listeners we are continuing our relationship series yeah episode four wow we've come a long way so far with our relationship series my goodness really have what's been your favorite episode so far i think the the trust one Mm, yeah that's i like that one too Um, Today, we are actually going to be talking about, in our fourth episode, supportive versus not-so-supportive or non-supportive relationships. Yeah, so it is going to tie into some of the things we've already been talking about, because things like trust and vulnerability, boundaries and communication all help create and sustain that supportive relationship or in creating that supportive relationship, but there's a few other things that maybe worth is just like thinking about as to whether it's something we can build in or work in or even it's nice to recognize if we hear something and we're like oh like I have that in my relationship that's really great and then also maybe a few things that we might want to keep an eye out for in a way that actually in the long run might not be so supportive for us and the other people involved in that relationship or something that can be kind of worked on for hopefully to help everyone Yeah, at the end of the day, relationships are really difficult. I think if there's one thing that we've discussed over the past three episodes is that it's difficult, number one, to start and maintain a relationship that's based off of really good strategies like communication, like boundaries, um, 
like trust. Uh, but it's also, yeah. So I don't know, that can be super tough to do. And since it is so tough, often what will happen is we will find ourselves in maybe not so supportive relationships, um, or maybe because of the things that are going on in our lives or the things that are going on in our partner's lives, we can transition into periods where maybe a relationship isn't so supportive for ourselves or for the other person. So one of the things that I think we're going to try to accomplish in today's episode is just give an overview of what are supportive but not supportive relationships and then also what like signs we can look for in those not so supportive relationships and how we can try to move forward from there. Yeah, and I really like what you said about like periods of a relationship maybe being not so supportive because relationships really are quite fluid right and they do change and fluctuate depending on what each of those people are experiencing and going through or um, that kind of stuff so like you say like just because at the moment we might recognize that something's maybe not so supportive that doesn't mean with some effort put in by those people that it can't grow into something that's more healthy for unsupportive for those but Yes. And I also just want to say that I don't think any relationship is like picture perfect as well. But, you know, we're going to be talking about like what makes us like more of a supportive relationship, but like, it's really, really, well, I'm going to say it's almost impossible to have something that is the most perfect relationship where there's nothing to ever grow. There's nothing to ever learn from anything like that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, at the end of the day, relationships take work and relationships involve people and people are always moving and grooving and changing, but we're also sometimes kind of sucky. <laughs> we can get into periods where we're not feeling our best self and we're not being our best self and that can impact our relationships, um, you know, in a minor way or quite significantly. And it's all about recognizing when a relationship has become unsupportive to the extent that it's not going to be able to continue or it's starting to take a toll on us to the extent where we need to do something quite significant about it so those are some other things that we'll get into as well yeah and I think it is this is going to be an important episode for us to kind of delve into because the way that some relationships are portrayed within media like tv programs (laughs) you oh my god yeah so things like you for a start the amount of people that had like the heart goes out to the character joe from you um and when people see that he's just trying to do the absolute most for an individual it's like okay like actually like let's not romanticize that some of that behavior is incredibly problematic and dangerous the same with, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. The Notebook <laughs> is one of the most problematic details of a relationship. If someone holds onto a Ferris wheel and claims that they will just drop unless you go out on a date with them, that is controlling. That is abusive. <laughs> Although Becky had to convince me of this because I was like, no way, The Notebook is the most loving, awesome movie ever. I think it's really important for us to talk about like, even just like the romanticization of like those, maybe some behaviors that can be incredibly controlling or overly dependent or like abusive, very forceful, right? So I think- Oh, Yeah you know tv programs quite often romanticize things like that yeah well they often use like manipulation as a tactic to show love and affection you know like 
I think, yeah, I think often it'll be for, yeah, exactly what you were saying. For example, when buddy guys hanging off the Ferris wheel being like, please go on a date with me. It's positioned as if like, wow, he's just so in love and so head over heels with this woman. He just like absolutely needs to have her in his life, which is, I guess in part, you can see how that's a nice idea because everyone wants to be wanted. Everyone wants to feel cared for. Um, you know, it's nice to be pursued to some extent to show that someone's putting in effort. But then there can there comes a time where those behaviors then don't, like then lead into more, yeah, like problematic and more not so supportive and actually just manipulation, like manipulating the situation to force someone to go out with you rather than to show the extent to which you care for them, right? It's all about extremes. Hey, where do you want to start? Well, I would really like to know what you, how you would like describe a supportive versus a not so supportive relationship. So maybe give me like, I'm going to put you on the spot. Maybe give me like three characteristics or a couple characteristics that you would list under a supportive relationship and then what the antithesis would kind of be in a not so supportive relationship, if that makes sense. It's kind of like a quiz question. So <laughs> Ooh, I would say things, it's really hard to like pick three. So I think one of the first things that come to my mind is a supportive relationship allows the people in that relationship to grow like together but also independently Mm. um I would say Um, and I would say like the antithesis to that in a not so supportive relationship would be feeling that your partner is trying to keep you in place right like when you're trying to make strides forward whether it be in your career whether it be in like your social groups whether it be with like new activities new hobbies there can be conversations around oh but then you're not going to have as much time to spend with me or like if you do that then how are we going to do this together um or just yeah a general feeling of that person trying to keep you stagnant and keep you in the same place yeah um what else would be I think a big part of it is around you're able to be like true to yourself true to yourself but each person in the relationship like almost encourages or inspires that person to also be like to grow to be like the best version of themselves kind of thing yeah rather than consistently questioning who you are and questioning every like behavior that you show towards your partner right of thinking oh is are they gonna like if I if I say this are they gonna be okay if I do this oh maybe I'm being too goofy right now or like maybe I'm being too overly affectionate right now like constantly questioning in your head whether or not your partner is going to like what you're doing before constantly questioning every little thing about ourselves and the way that we're interacting and the way that we're behaving and then I think what comes within that is that level of feeling open with that person so open to being able to talk about what's going on for ourselves open to even like challenge a person open to listen to each other's perspectives and I think when you have that openness and trust and vulnerability then you naturally feel like at ease slash more comfortable just around that that individual Totally. I think that that would be the antithesis of what I would say is if you feel as though you're walking on eggshells, as though you have to be 
careful of the things you say, the things that you do, the things that you open up about. If you're afraid that what you're going to say is going to be used against you in some way to where you don't feel you can be vulnerable and open, or if you feel as though what you do say is going to be yeah, manipulated in a way that then makes you like feel bad about yourself or makes you feel as though you've done something wrong. Um, that could be a sign. Those are awesome, Becky. The only other one that I would maybe add is just respect, Mm. you know, of just knowing that and feeling comfortable in that, you know, the person that I'm with or this person that I'm in a relationship with, whether it be a romantic relationship or a friendship, genuinely respects the like individual that I am respects the person that I am and will treat me with that respect I don't really know how to describe that of what that looks like maybe you could help me out a little bit yeah I'm even just thinking from my experience like um me and my partner like respect each other and it means that when when I know there's that level of respect between us it also means that like if Joe's ever challenging me on anything or is like asking me about something, I know it's coming from a place of like respect and like curiosity and like wanting to support me rather than wanting to like bring me down, if that makes sense. I know if he's like, okay, like Becky, like you've done this, like that doesn't like, you know, maybe I've done something that wasn't like a best version of myself or whatever. And he's like, hey, like what you did there, that wasn't necessarily like the nicest thing to do or whatever I know he's not doing it in a way of like bringing me down or to make me feel bad he's doing it because he respects me and wants to support me and is like hey like also what's going on kind of thing so I think that would be an example of how you know there's that level of respect that as well as respect also comes with really open to listen to each other's perspectives totally 100 percent um I've been having some trouble with one of my like very important close relationships in my life and my partner that I have right now, there's, I I would say that there's a lot of respect in that relationship. And the other day we kind of had a conversation where I was going about interacting with the problematic relationship in my life and maybe a little bit of a problematic way back. And then we were able to have like a really open conversation that I don't know that I would have with, you know, everyone in my life, only folks that I know really respect me to where I was able to then feel comfortable listening to the feedback on how I could maybe change some of the ways that I'm interacting with this important person in my life, right? Like it just, yeah, respect is one of those things, especially in a relationship that when you have it and when it's mutual, it allows communication and also creating and maintaining those boundaries to be a lot more natural because you know at the end of the day that the person that does respect you that you're in a relationship with or friendship or relationship um has your best intent like has your best what how do you say that has yeah like the best for you in mind yeah no I think that's a really great kind of great way of thinking about it and even I'm just like reflecting on it as well of like you know maybe that's also an indicator of like maybe a place of where we need to grow as well is if like we're not willing to listen to another person's like opinion or perspective on something that we have a a difference of opinion in right if we're not willing to listen to that then like we're not really showing respect towards that other person exactly yeah 
and I think that's going to be something as we kind of go through as well is we're going to be talking about like things that like can help a relationship grow and be really supportive for it and I think we all everyone can always grow and learn in the area of like creating relationships right something you don't get taught at school right is like how do you make a healthy relationship which I don't understand why you're not taught that because it's so beneficial in many different ways yeah like imagine if you're getting taught about how to like set healthy boundaries and like good communication at school would but you know as we kind of go through these things like we quite often are talking about like oh if like this person's interacting with us in this way but it's also like you say also worth bearing in mind we're also able to act in that way um, and reflect on like where we can grow as individuals as well as maybe other people that we have that relationship with can also grow as well. Okay, let's get into it. Actually, maybe before we get into it, what I would really like to touch on quickly is what is the difference between a not so supportive relationship and then what you would see on social media of like, oh, that's so toxic. Like that's such toxic behavior. That's such a red flag. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's such, ugh, we have this culture of identifying things within a relationship that are actually quite normal and may just be different styles of communication or a miscommunication or perhaps just differences in opinions or you know, someone not doing what you expect of them, you know, like going against your expectations and labeling those things as toxic and labeling those things as red flags when in actuality, the way that we're thinking about it is what's toxic and the way that we're thinking about it is what is a red flag. Yes. So (laughs) I think one thing we need to all bear in mind is the way that red flags have taken off in social media is hugely problematic now (laughs) hugely problematic you know the conversation started by like maybe things of like a person is never willing to be held accountable for their actions that's a red flag kind of thing of like okay like you know someone's not willing to ever be held accountable for when they've done something wrong then maybe that is something that in the long run is going to cause problems in a relationship kind of thing fair enough but now it's just people's judgments this is my, when I say a red flag about something, it's, it's my personal judgment and opinion, really, that I'm putting out there, not anything that is negative about another individual. One of the ones that I've noticed a lot are, I guess, like memes or little examples of, I guess, an expectation that someone has on their relationship of, I expect to be treated like a queen no matter what situation. Like, you better respect me. You better, tr- you better treat me as though, like, I walk on water and blah, 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 blah. And, like, make all this time for me. And, like, oh, you don't want to see me today? Well, guess what? That's a red flag in this relationship. When in actuality, the problematic behavior is that you're expecting things from your partner in the first place. Or that you're trying to manipulate a situation so that your partner acts the way that you want them to act and if they don't act the way that you want them to act then all of a sudden that's a toxic trait in that person or that's a red flag in that person when to me it seems more like (laughs) the red flag and the toxic trait is that you are expecting so much of others and expecting them to interact with you in a very specific way rather than trying to naturally come to some sort of compromise or naturally come to some sort not even a compromise but a mutually beneficial relationship where you discuss what's appropriate and what's okay for you rather than just deciding that what's okay for you is the way that it needs to be. 
that's a big one I see all the time. Yeah. And it's just now just become like a big long list of things that we want or don't want in an individual is red flags. True. And it's just like, no one's giving anyone a chance. (laughs) (laughs) All these judgments on this person before you've even met them. It's like, I remember when um, me and my partner started seeing each other. Like, I'm really, really close to my parents. Like, even though I live in Canada and they're in the UK, like, I call them every week. And when we, me and my partner started seeing each other at first, I still lived with my parents. I had to, like, move back home to, uh, like, do my master's because I couldn't afford to <laughs> not be at my parents' house. Yeah. Um, but my partner, like, uh, didn't live with his parents. Like, lived far away. Um and we'd been dating for like two years and I hadn't let, I hadn't met either of his parents. Um, and like so many of my friends were like, don't you think that's like quite worrying that like you've like not met his parents yet? Like it's been two years. Like, don't you think that's a problem? Like, don't you think that's a red flag? And I was like, no, like you're, you're, you're judging him based on what you think is the norm and what you would expect someone to do. But it's like, actually, like you don't know the situation. Like, maybe that person's just really not close with their family and that's why (laughs) like nobody seems to be thinking of like okay like maybe there's reasons why these things are happening or like why things that like are happening that way or that behavior is happening and again it was just like people like throwing their judgments out on our relationship and just calling it a red flag um when it really wasn't it was just my friend's judgments about my my relationship yeah, and that makes you then question your, it can make you question your relationship at that point, right? When people are pointing out what these red flags or like these problems that they see that don't align with society's like standards of what should be happening within a specific timeline. Um, yeah, it makes you question your relationship. It makes you question your decisions. It makes you question your partner, which ultimately that's the unhealthy thing, not just the unhealthy things, not taking things the way that they naturally come. Right. Um, it's instead thinking that there needs to be these specific mile markers within relationships. That's a big one that we see within toxic traits and within red flags is thinking that there are specific ways that relationships need to be engaged in and those yeah like I said those mile markers that need to be reached at specific times like oh there's no way that you could move in with someone after four months of knowing them that's toxic that's a red flag and it's like well in actuality maybe there's some extenuating circumstances or maybe that's how the person feels or maybe that's what's right for that relationship just like friendships just like relationships with our family romantic relationships are each individual And, you know, they belong to the people that are in that relationship and often, you know, expressing judgment on other people's relationship or even our own relationship based on what we think is expected of us. That's the red flag. That's the toxic trait. Would you say there is a difference between like a maybe a not so supportive relationship versus like a toxic relationship or would you say that they can both come from the same place? I've been reading this really interesting book and I don't know if any of the What Really Works listeners have read it or if you've read it, Becky, but it's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it's essentially like a mindfulness, but like more based in spirituality book. And there is a section on relationships 
and the way that it describes relationships and often the way that people will engage in relationships is as a roller coaster where we love drama, right? Like people love drama. And one of the things that according to Eckhart Tolle per propels relationships is this like actual up and down nature, right? Because we create this drama in our relationships that make us, that put us in a place where we feel like this intense high and then this low and then this high and then this low and then this high. And that keeps pushing and driving the relationship forward and creating things like, you know, feeling attachment to that person because they're, yeah, because they're giving us like this release of dopamine when we come back together and we reconcile. And then when we are fighting, it's like this intense feeling of like, oh, I have to keep and maintain this person in my life. Um, so I guess where I'm going with this is I think most relationships can, can have some like not so supportive traits or some toxic traits that are kind of running in the background, but it's up to us to then be able to identify those things right off the bat and try to, I guess, like bring it from this place of typically operating on this like roller coaster and bring it back to a baseline so I think maybe the way I think about relationships is that maybe most often they start from a place of being not so supportive for ourselves. And it's up to us to then self-reflect and be able to identify the things within us that are driving us towards a not so supportive relationship, whether that be challenges within our self-confidence, challenges within our ability to remain mindful, challenges within our ability to maintain those boundaries and set those boundaries for ourselves, challenges within communication. All of these things are really, really, really hard to achieve that make a supportive relationship. So yeah, I think my brain, my brain tends to think of it as, you know, often the starting place for many folks are a not so supportive relationship. And it's up to our own like self-reflection to then be able to take this relationship to a place that that is supportive. And if you're lucky enough to start a relationship with someone that is immediately supportive and great and has amazing communication and good boundaries, then it's then just trying to like keep that moving forward and identify why it is so supportive and how we can maintain that moving forward. I don't know if any of that made sense or if it was just a long monologue, but that's the way I tend to think about it. <laughs> you know, I was even just thinking about it when you were talking about like how relationships start out in the sense that like really at the start, you have to put that groundwork in for it to become a supportive relationship, right? You've got to put that groundwork in of like good communication. You've got to put that groundwork of being vulnerable so that you can say what's okay and what's not okay for you and the other person to share that and like what they want to get from the relationship and like what the boundaries are within that right um you really do have to put in that that work at the start for it to be like blossom in and grow into that supportive relationship and if you don't put that groundwork in then that's when it might be not as supportive because you know, maybe you haven't had a conversation about what's okay and what's not okay within that relationship. So you're both kind of either treading on eggshells or arguing because there wasn't those clear lines, you know, things like that, where you do have to, like you say, like relationships need work. 
And sometimes that can feel like a lot of effort to get to those places, which is maybe when I would then be considering, okay, like, is this a relationship that is actually going to work for me? Um, And sometimes it feels completely natural to then have those conversations. And it feels like a lot less work to be able to be open and vulnerable and have good communication. And to me, that's a sign of, okay, this is a relationship that can move forward. And this is a relationship that can move forward in a supportive way that it is coming so easy for us to be able to start things off on a good foot that sets us up for a good path moving forward. But as far as the difference between not so supportive and toxic relationships, I would say not so supportive relationships are maybe the ones that are more of the roller coaster that I was describing of having an up and down that's propelling your relationship forward versus a toxic relationship is probably in my mind more cyclical where it's a repeating pattern over and over and over again and repeating behavior and repeating like the same repeating issue that is never being fixed and getting worse and worse and worse and worse that to me is a toxic relationship. And then an abusive relationship is when your mental and spiritual and physical health start to be impacted quite significantly based on the toxic nature of the relationship. Like the, like a toxic relationship tends to bring out the worst attributes in the people in that relationship, pushing each other's buttons constantly, which just means bringing out the the ways that maybe they wouldn't interact normally with others um whereas like you said normally especially within that like within like what you say is like an abusive relationship usually there's a lot more like control and power within that as well that can be like lopsided to one way kind of thing yeah exactly yeah compared to I guess a what do you think what do you think are some traits that fall definitely within the category of a like toxic relationship or not so supportive relationship and an abusive relationship like um i think for me or maybe we can just discuss some warning signs of a not so supportive relationship well i was just thinking of like probably would fall within maybe the not so support well probably with all of them but i think a big part of that would be like a like a compromising of ourselves whether that be compromising of our personality like big compromises on like our values our beliefs our boundaries um because my way of thinking about supportive relationship is that that relationship adds to our life like it adds to like adds value to our life right and adds value to who we are and helps us grow Whereas something that's not so supportive or like you say, falling like within the realms of like toxic or whatever, um, it would, for me, is like that at least one person in that relationship is compromising a huge part of themselves where they're not, they're not, that relationship's not going to support them to like grow in any way. And if anything, it's maybe going to make that person more stagnant um, in their like growth and what they might choose to do in life kind of thing and just changing the way that they generally interact with others or the way that they show up within themselves right um i know that when i was in a pretty abusive relationship 
after I got out of that relationship, I had conversations with the people around me. And one of the more poignant ones was a conversation with my sister where, you know, within like the first couple months of me being with this person, the com- like she said that she completely, that I completely changed as a person, that she didn't recognize who I was anymore and that I wasn't myself. And that's something that I wasn't able to recognize because I guess, you know, like small things build up so slowly over time to like, like this big problem. So often we don't recognize the small steps, right? We don't recognize that we're changing. We don't recognize that we're compromising because each little thing can feel so little and feel as though we're not making a huge sacrifice. But then when all of those little things add up to what you have at the end, all of a sudden you're sacrificing entirely who you are and you're a different person. But that's hard, like I said, to recognize within yourself. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely really interesting for me as not, re- not realizing that, but then having the people that know me the best and love me the most around me afterwards being like, oh no, you are a totally different person for years, right? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, can't have been easy to hear. No, no, not, not necessarily easy to hear at all, but also really important for me to hear so that I know how to move forward within relationships better. I think one of the really important things to remember, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you are a victim of domestic abuse or a victim of an abusive relationship or, um, you know, even a victim of a toxic relationship is that all of these experiences help us, you know, move can help us move forward in our relationships in the future to identify what hasn't worked in the past and identify like those problematic behaviors and how we want to move forward in addressing those within ourselves, but then also addressing those within our relationships in the future. What else? What else is a (laughs) not a sign of a toxic, abusive, or not so supportive relationship? Love bombing. Can you explain this to me? Love bombing. What is that? So love bombing, believe is um kind of more related to like a non-platonic relationship uh, mm-hmm. but around when you start seeing someone uh, maybe you're starting to date and um that the individual is just kind of like doting on you and being incredibly loving and kind and yeah just doing everything and anything for you and showing so much love and care for you and then kind of once that relationship is established that very much stopping um and it being kind of like you say a bit more it, it, the purpose of that love bombing was maybe more of that manipulation of like to kind of hopefully begin that relationship isn't necessarily like very genuine yeah to gain your trust to gain your respect to gain your love within the first little bit and then all of a sudden change the way that that person is then interacting with you and then another way like another version of love bombing is also uh, that a person has broken trust or done something in that relationship that you both know isn't okay and then they kind of go over the top to try and make up for it like you know you're the best I can't live without you like um maybe buying lots of gifts like that kind of stuff again like just over like really really showing a lot of affection in some shape or form but it's not carried through after whatever that event is it's not like a a genuine long-term 
Yeah, it's making up for some situation that's in that's happened to just keep you in in that person's life and to keep you around, right? And make you think that everything's going to be okay. Gaslighting. That is another sign of a not so supportive relationship and also another thing that's been within social media like circulated within social media very consistently and very mixed messages around what gaslighting is. Do you want to explain what gaslighting is, Becky, or are you also confused like I am on what it is? Because I'm like, there's, what is it? There's so many different definitions. The overall definition of gaslighting and the kind of like purpose of gaslighting is to make an individual doubt themselves and then more reliant on the other person in that relationship. So you made me do it. Uh, that sounds like you problem or like you sound so crazy you're so crazy I didn't say that there's no way I said that like you're just making that up you're just saying this to like make me upset you're just doing this to try to get this out of this situation like yeah yeah basically making you question or feel bad about anything that you want to bring up or challenge all things that like is showing that person's not willing to take like accountability for like their actions or even just not being willing to listen to your perspective and like showing that they don't like respect you 100% really one of the things that I want to bring up because you know this is a mental health podcast and one of the things that I think are what really works listeners that have been listening for a while know that um, we tend to talk about is just folks that do identify as having a mental health challenge. Um, And one of the things that unfortunately I've experienced in relationships is using my mental health challenge as a way to, as a way to gaslight me of saying that like, oh, because you have this mental health challenge, because you're anxious, because you're bipolar, that's why you did this. Or like, you, you're just saying this because you're anxious. You're just saying this because you're going through an episode right now. Like you're not really upset about this. It's just your mental health challenge. And um, yeah, for everyone that's out there that perhaps has experienced that, because I, I know that that's a common thing within folks that identify as having a mental health challenge, is it being utilized against you? Um, that is abusive. And it is absolutely not and should never be used as a weapon against you. Um, so keep that in mind, you know, like it's, it's very hard not to question yourself and question your actions, especially if you know that your mental health can sometimes have an impact on your behavior. But at the end of the day, um, it's just wrong to, to blame for another person to blame any of your, of your actions or behaviors on your mental health challenge. I completely agree. Thank you for sharing that, Olivia. Oh yeah, of course just gonna say like a supportive an actual supportive response in that situation would be like validation you're saying like you're feeling really anxious about this or whatever that validation of like that sounds really hard that you're feeling really anxious about this like let me listen let me like tell like speak to me about like what's going on kind of thing right exactly other warning signs of not so supportive relationships you know we have here frequent breaches of trust not respecting boundaries, which we've kind of talked about both of those in our past podcasts. Um, Ooh, humiliation and shaming. That's a big one. And I think that's a big one that a lot of people engage in, especially like, yeah, especially in a way that seems as though it's joking or like passive aggressive. That's a big one. 
especially in front of other people's friends or their family or just like making passive aggressive comments that are kind of stepping on another per- could be stepping on another person's confidence or like slowly kind of pushing them down but doing it from kind of hiding that from the perspective of oh it's just a joke yeah exactly using it the fact that it's like a group setting is like well it's clearly just a joke because I'm saying it in a group setting it's like well no like you know you clearly meant something behind it kind of thing those that's a tricky one that's a definitely a tricky one I see that happen all the time and I've definitely been guilty of doing it before not willing to be held accountable or apologize for hurtful actions that's a big one and that's one that can become quite problematic as well right as if we're not taking accountability for anything that we've done or apologizing or recognizing how our actions can be hurtful towards the people that we care about then that creates a unhealthy power dynamic within relationships because it assumes that we're always right it assumes that we um yeah that we approach every situation in a way that's perfect and the best and that's not good for any relationship whether it be a romantic relationship or platonic relationship have you ever been ghosted before i have how's that it sucked (laughs) it was so i started seeing this guy um and we went on like a few dates and all seems like hunky-dory happy days and from my perspective like we're having a lot of fun but it was very chill and then um he like texted me to like start organizing the next date and then just never responded and I was like oh fun yeah and I was like literally just never said anything ever again I was like well I'm very confused (laughs) right now um and then probably after like a month month and a half he like texted me again I was like hey like didn't acknowledge the fact that they had not spoken to me for like a month and a half and had left me hanging um and just like started speaking to me as though nothing was wrong um and I was like I think I was like 19 at the time like my self-confidence really wasn't great my like belief in myself and my value wasn't great at that moment in time so what was really hard was it was like this validation from this guy coming back out like making me feel like I've got you know a little boost in my self-esteem kind of thing um but I just realized the whole situation just made me feel on edge because I was like like reflecting back on it now on edge because I was like well like why did you just stop talking to me like I don't understand and then never even say anything why like no reasoning and then after like another month of like texting and dating he like ghosted me and then just never spoke to me ever again and I was like I was just the thing was is the fact that I already had a low self-confidence and low self-esteem which is why I guess I hadn't set that boundary when he started talking to me again of like okay like I'm what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, which then just meant at the end of that I felt even worse about myself because I had no answers like like I felt really crummy about myself you bring up a really really good point through that and it's you know we're talking about all of these traits within a not so supportive relationship and we can identify these traits within a relationship we can also identify these traits within others but a really 
a part of it that we don't often think about is identifying those traits within ourselves too, right? Is being able to look at a situation and say, okay, so this person ghosted me, but the reason that, you know, I let, I kind of let this happen again because I need to work on my low self-esteem and because I need to work on my self-confidence. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Like I, because I, my self-worth was low at that moment in time, the fact that this person was validating me meant that like I meet like I immediately jumped back into speaking to him versus actually now that I actually have like good self-worth I'd be like why did you stop talking to me like why did you ghost me for a month and why are you texting me now like yeah well anything that's the thing are more fall into the more of that abusive relationship is that power dynamic that involves kind of chipping away at one of the individuals like self-confidence where it it ends up being, like you say somebody is a completely different person because the other individual in that relationship is, is just continually to like wear that person down yeah can we talk about codependency yeah codependency that's a really interesting one and also yeah what i would describe as a not so supportive relationship and codependency in my mind is when in a relationship, and that can be a platonic or a non-platonic relationship, you are relying on that relationship, but also relying on that person for most of the joy and happiness and like just general consistency in your life. Like that person is the center of your life and everything else is revolving around it. So you need to go to the grocery store. Well, I need to do it with this person. What am I going to do today? Well, I'm going to check in with this person first to see what they're doing today. Checking my phone every like five seconds to see if this person has texted me and to see if like we're going to hang out today. Um, Not feeling as though we're not making decisions on our own and we're like, our decisions are constantly revolving around this other person in our life feeling as though we need to be invited to every single thing that this other person is doing and feeling upset if, you know, they're having a good time with another person and not having a good time with us. Um, Yeah. Is there any more that you would want to add for codependency? It's that inability to separate ourselves from that relationship. I know for myself that like I am an individual and independent person, like I am Becky and I also am in a like relationship kind of thing it's not that if like I am the relationship almost like we are (laughs) yeah and you know there's not that fear too I think there's a big fear component in codependency that if this relationship were to end then what would become of me who would I be now like what would I do with my day how would I be able to operate Um, that can be a pretty big sign that there's a codependent relationship. If you feel as though if this relationship was to be gone, that your life would be gone. Yeah. Not that I ever want to think about if like me and my partner broke up, the dream scenario would be like we'd stay happy and wouldn't break up. So I wouldn't have to deal (laughs) with all the hard (laughs) stuff that comes alongside that. But the thing is, is I know in the long run, if something happened where me and my partner weren't together anymore, it would really, really suck and it would be really, really hard and would be a big test. But I know in the long run, I would be okay. Yeah. It's knowing that at the end of the day, the person that's going to show up for you always and always have your back is yourself. At least that's how I like to think about it. 
All right. Well, what are some things in a positive, supportive relationship now that we've kind of gone over all of these not so supportive ones? I think we talked about, you know, like trust, vulnerability, good communication, um, uh, supporting independence. That's one that I think that we've kind of gone through throughout this time of, that we've mentioned a couple different times. Um, not shaming each other. Yeah, inspiring you to be the best version of yourself, feeling at ease around each other. I feel as though we've gotten into a lot of these throughout the throughout the chats already. But anything else that you would want to add that makes a really good supportive relationship? Um, I think one just thing is is like accepting us as we are. Going into a relationship and thinking about how we could change that person, <laughs> that person be even more ideal for ourselves. I think yeah. one of my friends has said this before and I'm like that's so problematic when she refers to dating someone she's like I like a project and I'm like that's not the point yeah um <laughs> like it's a you know for me a supportive relationship is like accepts you for who you are and like loves you for who you are um but at the same time supports you to like grow in whatever way you would like to grow as an individual now, this is going to be a little bit tricky because I think another really important part for me in a supportive relationship is feeling confident and feeling comfortable to give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Like knowing that if, okay, let's, let's, let's break it down. So we're people, right? And at the end of the day, because we're people, our moods fluctuate right? The way that we're interacting with others fluctuates. You and I in our relationship, for example, there'd be plenty of times where I'm in a bad mood. There's plenty of times when you're in a bad mood and maybe we snap at each other, you know, maybe we say something that's like a little bit more spicy or has like a little bit more attitude in there. Or, you know, maybe we were supposed to hang out, but then for whatever reason, like you got some stuff going on and you cancel on me last minute. The regular run of the mill, everyday stuff that happens in relationships for me, if I'm in a supportive relationship, when those little things are happening and it's not a big deal to where like, you know, we need to have a conversation or there needs to be some big like thing made out of it. Um, those little things are able to just not be brushed off, but to be, give the person the benefit of the doubt and for that to feel comfortable. So for example, like, let's say I know that you're having like, you know, you kind of snap at me. And in my initial reaction is not like, oh, like screw Becky. She just snapped at me. Like she doesn't like me. She hates me. Like we need to have a big conversation. Instead, my initial reaction is, okay, like this person really cares about me. There is mutual respect there. There is mutual trust there. Becky's probably just having a bad day. And I'm just going to like take that on the shoulder and not like really pay attention to it. And let's keep moving forward. You know, like that is a big part of a supportive relationship for me, for sure. Now where that can become a little tricky is if we are always feeling as though we're giving someone the benefit of the doubt. And if we're never talking about things and the things are actually bugging us that that person is doing, then we need to communicate. And then that's probably a bit of an issue. But what I'm getting at is just the regular run of the mill daily kind of that happens. <laughs> but you're exactly right in the sense of like both of those things are supportive of like that respect, that trust, that like communication because it's like they're like you know the general run day of the mill where it's like oh like Becky seems to be having a bad day today like I'm just gonna be there for her if she needs it like that kind of stuff but I'm also not gonna 
right now delve into why did you just snap at me like that, Becky? Exactly. Supportive in the sense of like, I give us some time, some space. I know that we've got like good communication, but if I'm doing that all the time, what is also supportive in that is I know if I was constantly snapping at you or whatever, you would go, Hey Becky, like what's going on? Because like, you've not quite been yourself lately. Like you, the way that you're actually responding to me right now is actually coming across like a little bit rude. Like what's, what's happening kind of thing. And that's yeah. so supportive in the sense that like, you're like, okay, like this is starting to bother me now. Like this is starting to compromise on like, what's okay for me. Like you're starting to cross a bit of a boundary. You're starting to not show respect anymore. So like, I'm going to have a conversation with you about it because this is happening over like a longer period of time now. Exactly. Yeah. That is a huge component of a supportive relationship for me. You know what? I think just feeling safe. Yeah. Just feeling, feeling safe, feeling as though, I don't know, like safety is such a hard feeling to describe, Yeah. but what I would describe it as akin to is just at ease, comfortable, um, you know, like we, what, what we've been talking about that you can be yourself and you're not having this like fear in the back of your mind. You're not afraid of what you're going to say. You're not afraid of what you're going to do. You're not feeling as though you need to be in a specific mood to hang out with this person. You know, like you don't have to put on a show. Um, you don't have to maintain conversation in a specific way. You just feel safe and at ease and chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now that we're talking about this after our example with our relationship, I'm like, Becky and I just have the best relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we've kind of gone over some things that hopefully are supportive. And it's also good just talking about the things that hopefully are supportive in the sense that like we can one, maybe hopefully identify some things where they are some strengths in our relationship maybe we identify there might be places for growth in a relationship and that's totally okay um as well as kind of talking about maybe some of those signs of it being not so supportive any anymore maybe edging into kind of some toxic behaviors where really just neither people are happy in it I think that's something of a supportive relationship as well as just a relationship brings a lot of joy Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say that most relationships in your life, if they're supportive, should bring you joy, right? Obviously not like 100% of the time. Cause I think that's like impossible, but yeah, that's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Like it's impossible to feel joy all the time from all directions. But like if the general gist is like based around like joy and support and safety then and respect. Or like a supportive relationship is a relationship in which if you're having a bad day, if you're feeling down, maybe that person's not going to make you feel better about yourself and it's not going to take the pain away, but they're not going to add to it. Yeah. I feel like that's such a good definition. They're not going to make it worse for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A supportive relationship doesn't make things worse for you when you're already feeling like they don't kick you when you're down, you know, they try to bolster you up when you're down. And if they can't, that's okay. But at least they're not kicking you down further. I feel like that's the best description that we've had. Taking just like five minutes together. Given that we've discussed all of that, what are some strategies that we can use when we identify that we are in a not so supportive relationship? The first one is the hardest because it's trying to notice and sort that out, right? Like one of the hardest things about being in a not so supportive relationship and especially an abusive relationship is recognizing that you're in a not supportive relationship or an abusive relationship. And especially if, you know, for example, 
like for your like for example if it's your first non-platonic relationship there's so much learning going on personally within that and if you know that starts out as not so supportive we're not necessarily going to know anything different right so I would say the way that we can notice and try to notice if we're in a non-supportive or abusive relationship is through first of all identifying any of the signs that we've talked about in the podcast but then I would say at least what's been true for me is if you find yourself rationalizing your the person's behavior consistently especially to other people And if you find yourself feeling defensive, and if you find yourself needing to explain away someone else's behavior and being like, oh, no, it's not really like that. Like, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like. You don't see it. Like, it's not really that bad or it's not really like that. And you're doing that to the people that are closest to you and that you really trust. That's another way that you can identify or like try to start to identify as well as I know that this is maybe not the best advice, but it's authentic to me and it's listening to your gut. Because for me, I knew for a very long time that I was in an abusive relationship. I just wasn't ready to actually come to terms with that. But my gut knew, my emotions knew, my body knew, my mental state knew, but my, my actions weren't ready to know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great point. Like, sometimes it takes our minds to kind of catch up with what our bodies like ah yeah yeah and that's okay I guess before we get into you know how else we can notice when our relationships are not supportive and what we can do the first another thing that I want to say to kind of start this off is that if we know that we are in a not so supportive relationship or if we know that we are an abusive relationship, especially for an abusive relationship, it can be really, really, really hard not to blame ourselves and not to judge ourselves and actually be very mean towards ourselves for allowing ourselves to be in that situation. And what I want to say is that try not to judge yourself because, (laughs) you know, it's, it's tough. It's really tough to, to find your way out of it. All right. What else? What else might we notice in a not so supportive relationship that we can kind of do? Um, I think if it's something where we feel like it's worth putting in the or something we want to put the effort in to see if it can grow is if we're in if we're able to start that communication and that could go one of two ways it could go really well and that person might be willing to listen or it could go not so well and that person might not be willing to listen but you know in like best case scenarios that person is willing to listen and willing to put some effort in and talk together and that might need to be done with like a mediator present and yeah thinking about how maybe both of you would like that relationship to grow but it's kind of like you need to start building some of those foundations first to be able to start having those conversations which is it's kind of like the chicken or the egg like do you start trying to have good conversation or do you start to try and build trust like do you start to try and set boundaries it's kind of like where to start the hardest bit when that relationship really isn't very supportive at that moment in time. Yeah. And I think that there needs to, you know, one of the things that we need to try to reconcile with is whether or not both people in the relationship do have the same desire to make it a supportive relationship. Because 
you know, your partner or your friend or whoever might also notice that it's a not so supportive relationship and be able to be like, yeah, okay, like, I know that there's things that we need to work on. But at the end of the day, sometimes you'll like, you can find yourself in a situation where actually, most often a not so supportive relationship is benefiting one person more than the other person. So being able to come to terms with whether or not both people are actually as invested in making long lasting change is important. Yeah. I was just going to say, and I think that really goes in with that is we have to really be able or trying to support ourselves through either trying to make changes to that relationship or even just like looking at the relationship, very show a lot of like self-compassion towards ourselves. We're not taking care of ourselves because we're not giving ourselves the things that we need and instead relying on an unsupportive relationship to try to give those things that we need, even though we know that we're not going to get them. So taking steps towards our own mental wellness, taking steps towards, you know, our, yeah, like our own personal growth will end up if it can be a supportive relationship, kind of propelling that forward. But if we're taking steps individually to support ourselves and that ends up propelling the dysfunctional relation, the dysfunctional nature of the relationship, then we can kind of further identify that this isn't supportive. Um, The other thing that I would say is just gently reminding yourself of the rights that you have within yourself as an individual, but like also in your relationship, you know, you deserve to be respected and express your opinions. You are the only person that can make decisions for yourself. No one else can make decisions for you. Um, You have the right to say no to anything. Like no is a complete sentence and no is a very clear boundary. So whether that's to like physical natures of a relationship meant like I don't know like anything right you have the right to say no to change your minds if you're uncomfortable um yeah to choose your own friends to keep your own friends to control your own money and your possessions you just have the right over your own life and if you're noticing that you don't have the right over your own life anymore then that would be a big a big warning sign and especially a big warning sign towards an abusive relationship. Yeah. And then the kind of final thing we have written on here, unless there's anything else you want to add on to it, Olivia, is around sometimes, you know, we can be putting in all of the best efforts to help that relationship grow and become something that is support for all in that relationship. But sometimes even with that, hard work and that effort that might not be reciprocated or it just might not be working and sometimes that means that relationship might we might need to look at ending it um or just even choosing to invest less into that relationship and choose to have less expectations and maybe come to terms with that that relationship is not going to be a close relationship anymore and maybe move more into kind of like an acquaintance relationship none of this is easy all of this is so 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 difficult not only because they're difficult like skills to use and things to identify and to work on within ourselves but also within relationships but because we're emotionally invested you know the reason that we engage in relationships is because there's an emotional component and regardless if a relationship is not supportive regardless if it's abusive regardless if it's a good relationship there are still emotions there 
And that can be, that's really hard to work through, right? It's really hard to rationalize a situation where you might be in love with this person, you might really like this person, um, you might just really want this person in your life, but at the end of the day, it's not good for you. And that can be, that's a really, really, really hard thing to come to terms with and to then make decisions about. And, you know, if it takes a couple times, if it takes a long time to be able to reconcile that and come to that decision, that is okay. And it's important to try not to judge yourself for that. In our next episode, we're going to be going into how we actually go about having those conversations, how we end a relationship. And what I'm especially excited for, which I hope all of you will be excited for too, is we're going to discuss how to break up a friendship. Because we talk about like relationship breakups all the time and how hard those are. But oh God, friendship breakups? Friendship breakups are so tough. Like, how do you go about having that conversation? How do you go about scaling back a friendship? Because we do it all the time with relationships, with romantic relationships, but often we don't really do it with friendships and it can become incredibly uncomfortable. And I don't really know a lot of people that know how to go about it. So we're going to chat through that together on our next episode. Yeah. And even like, how do we support ourselves through those like like those difficult times because our emotions are so in like intensely involved with that right so it's like we'll be talking all about that in Mm. the next one which I think will be our final relationships episode before we move back into our regular scheduled programming I do want to just say that we have been talking a lot about just general relationships but also around about like kind of like relationships where there may be some kind of like abusive behaviors in and that kind of stuff so we will put together um a bit of like a resource list with any kind of like phone numbers and places to like reach out if that's something that you would like to like be able to do and be able to find out easily so there'll be a link in the description to kind of click onto that and find that as well wonderful well what really works listeners we will catch you later and yeah if you have any questions or comments send us an email, leave us a comment thingy. (laughs) And yeah. Amazing. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. We are currently recording in the podcast booth inside Staples Studio located in Kelowna. Staple Studio is a co-working space for those looking for a safe alternative to working from home. I know I feel so stuck at home these days, and going to Staples makes me feel like I actually have a change of pace. They offer not only a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths, and meeting rooms, they are connected to the Staples store where they have everything you need under one roof. Studio is more than just a co-working space. Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. Follow them on Instagram at Staples Studio Canada for more information on locations, pricing, and amenities. Please visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast. <laughs>